Welcome to the Learn Something New Podcast, where each episode is dedicated to taking a deep dive into a new topic, whether it be current events, new tech, new adventures, or guest interviews. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Learn Something New Podcast. I'm your host, Grant, and today we've got a pretty special episode today. It's going to be my first uh, time interviewing a guest. Um, this is one of the, our fellow content creators on Instagram. If you haven't checked out his page, he's got one of the coolest feeds that I've seen. I know when I first found it, I was scrolling through his pictures for probably 30, 40 minutes. Um, his look is very unique, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But uh, let's just start it off. So my guest today is at Nate Vietz, um, otherwise known as Nate. Um, and he is joining us from Ohio today. Um, and so, yeah, Nate, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What made you want to start posting on Instagram? Um, and yeah, we can just do some intros like that. Cool. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Um, like Grant said, my name's Nate. Um, I actually started posting consistently on Instagram probably around the same time you did. Uh, it was probably in October, November of last year. Um, but yeah, I started posting just because during quarantine or, and whatnot, I was working from home a lot more. Um, and I stumbled upon uh, the rice bucket. I don't know if you follow yes. yep. uh, rice. Uh, yeah, I stumbled upon his page, man. And I was like, dang, like that aesthetic is really cool. Uh, and I really want a home office now. So <laughs> at the time, I was actually working out of uh, the restaurant that I, I cook out of. And I decided to just take over an extra office room and I started buying stuff for the setup and then I started just shooting some content and my background, I have a little bit of a background in photography. So mm. it just kind of went from there. Um, I remember my first feature was on iSetups and I was like, man, what is this? There's a whole, whole big community around yeah. just desks and, uh, tech and gear and stuff, uh, and after that first feature, I realized that there was like potential in building a community out of it. So just kept on, just kept on doing it really. Yeah. I think it's, uh, so like I would, if you would have told me, cause I started, I started my account back in spring of 2020, but I didn't really start to consistently post until like August or September, uh, of 2020. And if you would have told me even like this time last year that there was a community out there of people that just post pictures of their desks and all their new tech products, I would have thought it was like so out there that there were actually hundreds of thousands of people that are interested in that kind of stuff. And even especially now with like the whole work from home thing, I feel like even people who weren't initially like tech enthusiasts have become really interested in all of these tech pages, just because like you said, like a lot of them are just very aesthetically pleasing to look at, even if you're not like a tech nerd, like some of us are. Um, but I've, I've found it to be a lot of fun just because like meeting people like you and everybody else, like everybody's so open and genuine with each other. Um, I haven't really run into any hate comments or anything. I don't know if you have or not, but I've just, I've loved it. Uh, but that's pretty awesome that your first feature was on iSetups. I remember it took me months to get there and they, all of a sudden I got a notification. It was like, you were tagged in a photo. And I was like, what the heck? Like, cause that's like all, the, I think all the pictures on that page are just amazing. So I was like, I was pretty honored to be featured on it for one of my pictures, but. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was super surprised too. When I got, I got tagged at first. Cause I was like, okay. Like I just thought it was like 
you know, just a random spam page or something. Cause I, like I said, I didn't know anything about the community at the time. And when I got, when I yeah. clicked on it, I was like, Oh man, like they have like 400,000 followers. Um, and then my page <laughs> just kind of blew up. I gained like four or 500 followers in a day or two. Um, and then I did some research and the dudes who run it, Justin Tessie, I want to say is his name. Yeah. Um, he has like a yeah, really I, awesome, yeah, I know who it is, but he has a really awesome YouTube man. And I, I had already known about his YouTube. Um, so I was like, kind of like honored. I was like, okay, cool. Like let's keep on making yeah. this content. And I've actually been, been featured on there twice. And it's kind of funny because both of my features are like my, my like earliest variations of my desk. So it's literally just like my laptop and like a tabletop. Um, none of the, yeah. none of the, none of my most recent versions of my desk setup, uh, which is funny because I put so much work into it now. And like the stuff that people like is <laughs> the older stuff. So, but yeah, man. Yeah. It's, I honestly, some of the photos on there that are the coolest are the ones that are like just a laptop and like a set of headphones, just because there's something like, there's some art to being able to make such a minimal look, look really good. And like, it is that like back and forth of you want more products, but you don't want to like overwhelm your space with a bunch of stuff. Um, but I think that's all like in the eye, like when you're photographing, like I know me, I don't know about you, but for like when I'm actually working at my desk, there's a ton more on my desk than when I'm taking photos. Like usually when I'm taking photos, there's like this mass exodus of junk off of my desk. So I can just take them and it incentivizes me to clean my office every now and then. But uh, but yeah, it's really fun. So speaking about photos, what's your general like photography setup? Cause I'm always interested in like how people utilize their space. Cause like, I know I use a softbox for my lights. Um, but a lot of the people that I follow use natural light. Um, and I've seen a little behind the scenes of your setup, but for the people that don't know, how do you usually go about doing that? Um, yeah. So when I started, when I first started, I just used one softbox light. Um, and then I do have a window in my office, but it's not uh, the best window ever. So mm -hmm. about two weeks ago, I bought two more softbox lights. So right now I use, I use three, really I only use two of them at a time. Um, but mm -hmm. besides that, I usually utilize those two just to light the whole uh, setting. And then I'll let some natural light seep in just for, you know, a more natural feel to the, to the photos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I originally was using just natural light and the way my office is set up is the window, like where my desk sit, it only catches like the very edge of my desk. So it would, I would have to wait for like 8am when the sun was rising and coming right through the window and I have to run upstairs and take all these photos for like a couple of weeks. Cause in the fall we were having a lot of just rainy days. And like, as soon as a cloud came over, the whole desk was dark and there was no way to brighten it up. So the softbox was one of my better investments. Um, but yeah, so as far as editing goes, did you always have kind of that look and style in mind or did you have to evolve into it? Um, I know that's a big discussion lately of everybody kind of trying to find their unique style. So how do you go about doing that? Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, I kind of have a background in photography. So I've been actually shooting photos and like been into photography since I was in high school. Um, so I've been shooting for six seven years um but when i when i started i shot a lot of film so 
naturally like a lot of my shot like I go into a lot of my shots like blind like I don't really a lot of people say to like visualize your, your shots going into it right like have an idea but for mm-hmm. me with like film and I really like street photography at the time um you know I'm just kind of I like to blind shoot I like to just go in and just get whatever I can and be inspired and if I'm not feeling it that day um you know I just won't get anything but that really uh sets the pace for like my style because it kind of forces you to be more creative in the setting Mm -hmm. um get different angles get different um you know um get different like focal lengths etc um but with editing um actually a lot of my style from when i did portrait photography bled into my current product photography style um when i shot a lot of portraits for models or fashion uh jobs or say even senior photos etc um my whole goal was to kind of capture a lot of movement in my photography as well as uh kind of shoot on the underexposed side because i like really dark moody stuff right so when i'd shoot portraits i'd go for like the dark moody like shadows under like in the eyes Mm -hmm. and in the face um And then along with that, like pops of color. So I really like vibrant color. Um, And when I started shooting like desk stuff, uh, actually one of the people that inspired me a lot was Max. Um, Yep. He, uh, his, his whole like black setup, like (laughs) his, his whole thing, man. Like I was like, man, I like this dude's stuff. So actually when I started, I was editing kind of like, like him, I was trying to mimic that. Um, So I would do like really deep dark blacks and then you know kind of like a film overlay uh on top of that and then Mm -hmm. i kind of grew out of that and found my own style again uh and that's where like the teals came in lately and uh, the more vibrant oranges and that stuff and uh i kind of went back to my old editing style like very very clear photos very detailed uh editing so but yeah that's kind of my inspiration for my editing style man um if that answers your question yeah 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 i definitely i was scrolling back into your account and seeing all like your street photography and it the the general vibe kind of felt like it didn't feel i know some accounts they go from like portrait photography and then switch to like a desk setup or landscape and it's like a very abrupt change and you can see that but with yours it still worked like as a feed with all the colors and stuff Um, and you can definitely see that, like that go with the moment kind of shooting style of your desk photography and stuff. Uh, I'm kind of in the same mindset. If, if I pull up the camera and I'm just not feeling anything, I'm not going to take try to force anything. Um, and there's definitely an art to being creative with your desk because you can't tell it to move or pose in a different way. Like you only have so many angles that you can get at it from. So that's what I've been struggling with lately is like propping my camera way above my head and trying to get like a top down shot or coming across the side. So it's, it's been tricky. And I definitely am amazed by everybody on Instagram who does desk photography stuff and product photography, because it's such a hard thing to do, I think, because there is no way to, some people might say it's easier than portrait photography, but others might say it's not because there's, I mean, there's only so many ways you can take a picture of your desk and a computer. So I definitely think that's pretty cool that you were able to transition from portrait into this. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, I think that's the hardest thing was from going 
it just depends. I feel like your personality too. Like some people are more introverted. So when it comes to like shooting with other people or shooting with clients or models, they might not be able to get or capture the scene as well. Um, but for me, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty extroverted sometimes and I like people. So, you know, when I shot like street photography, I shot with models, like I'm used to being able to vibe and communicate with my subject, you know, like, Hey, like yeah. pose like this, like lay your hand like that, be more natural, like smile, think about something happy and coaching them through that and capturing that scene. And then, you know, on the contrast of that, you have inanimate objects with your desk, you know, you yeah. can't say, you can't say, Oh man, like the lighting's not right. Turn 30 degrees. Like you just, you have to, that you as the, the person capturing, you have to turn that yeah. 30 degree. And it's, it's kind of like backwards. So yeah. that was the hardest learning curve with the, with the desk and like the product photography was you have, you're in full control, right? Like yeah. you, you dictate exactly like how the shot comes out. Um, but once you, once you learn that, like once I got the hang of it, um, it just kind of flowed, you know, and yeah, you kind of are able to find your angles and find the different, like, uh, like find the different shots, uh, that your, your specific desk setup is good with. So, yeah. 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 I think it's one of the other hard things that I hadn't thought of initially was, all this technology and all these screens are really difficult to work with lighting sometimes. Cause like you can have your computer set up where it's not getting glare on it, but then you put your phone down on the table and all of a sudden it's all bright and shining. So it's like lining everything up perfectly. Like it'll take me 20 minutes to set up a shot. If I have like my phone, my iPad, my computer and everything in it. And that was like the hardest thing for me, especially initially my monitor, I had like a 24 inch monitor originally and it was, it wasn't matte on the front, so it reflected everything. So you could see half the time you could see me in the background of the shot and then the light was in the background. So that was like, although it was terrible that I had to, every time I had to like play with it and like sit in the perfect spot, it also taught me that it's like not quite as easy as you think it is. So then when I got my new monitor and it's matte on the front, so it doesn't reflect anything, it like changed my life because it's made it so much easier even in just taking like a photo for Instagram, like stories, I don't have to sit there and like sit there from a certain yeah. angle and get it right. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's a hard thing too. That's crazy too. I didn't even think about that. Some people's screens are matte. Um, I'm so used to yeah. like all the, like you said, all the reflections, like two or three different reflections yeah. you got to worry about, especially with the softbox lights. Like they're so big sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but lately, lately I've been kind of trying to hack that and I've been trying to be lazy with it for real, if I'm being honest, um, <laughs> but I'll do more like, a, I've been shooting a lot of like kind of behind the scenes style, like yeah. uh, photos and like angles. So when you see like that reflection of the white box light, you're not as like, you know, oh, yeah. that, that was a it mistake. Look it looks, perfect. yeah, it looks like, oh, that's just Nate's style. And yeah. <laughs> for real, it's just me being lazy. But um, <laughs> that's what I've been trying to go for is like the behind the scenes feel to it. Sorry, yeah. my my baby's crying in the background. No, that's fine. That is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's my, another thing about this room. So I'm in like a rental apartment um, just for this year. And so I can't paint the walls or do anything. And the walls in here are like this weird green, yellow, and they just 
like I have a white, yeah, I have white and black, everything on my desk. So like when I was taking photos originally, like when I first got my softbox, I was like, all right, sweet. I'll just light up the entire desk and just shoot a photo of it. And the more I was doing that, that's kind of what made me want to switch up my editing style. Cause I was like, I just hate the color of this wall and it didn't match anything. And when I turned the lamp, I have like a little lamp. When I turned that on, it turned everything even more yellow and orange. So that's why a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm just going to angle the softbox away from the wall and just have it all black out in the background. Kind of like, um, Kevin, uh, yeah. Um, you know, how I'm, I can't remember his, his De La Serna, I think. De, De La Serna, yeah. Yeah, but I saw his I saw his photos and I was like, that's genius. I just won't, I'll just black everything out and it'll look yeah, better. It, his, his stuff looks like he looks like he has a black wall. Like I, I thought, thought he, he had a black for the wall. longest time. And then yeah. he posted a photo like with the lights all on. It was white. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, what is I was this like, voodoo? This, yeah. I was like, so I can <laughs> change my wallpaper or my wall color without actually painting. So right. that was, that was the key change for me. And ever since then, I I'm so much more happier with my photos and I'm fully colorblind too. So black and white for me always looks better than trying to match colors. Cause before I would try to like, change the hue of the wall to make it a little bit more match the setup a little bit more. And it was hopeless for me. So now that it's just kind of monochrome, it's been so much easier. And for me, I love the photos a lot more. Uh, and it seems it's gotten some pretty good feedback on like in the comments and stuff. So that's been reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really liking your, your, um, your style and especially the, the way your setup has evolved the last few, uh, like four or five weeks, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. You've been doing really, really sweet stuff with it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the, I got the Grove made Matt as a Christmas gift. And just the other day I got the Ben Q screen bar and that has just changed the game for lighting. I've been wanting one of those screen, uh, screen bars like that, dude. It just gives such like a cinematic feel and yeah. look to the desk. And dude, I bet it's so much easier to like study and like work at your desk with that. Uh, I studied for the first time with it last night and but I'll never go back. Like it is cause you could change the color of it. So like as the night got later, I just turned it to like a warmer and warmer tone. So it didn't hurt my eyes as bad studying. And like, I can finally use the whole desk before I had to use like the corner by the lamp. And even then I would have these weird shadows, but there's never any shadows on the desk now. And with the ultra wide, it just kind of fades into the monitor. So you can't even really see it. Like you don't notice it at first. Um, so I, I love it. I was actually about to buy one and then they emailed me like that day and we're like, Hey, we'd love to send you one. And I was like, save me money. So I was like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, shoot. Thank you. If you're listening, I hope, hope you send me an email cause I'm about to buy one for real. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you kind of hit on it a little bit, but your other business, um, is a meal prep business and tell us a little bit about that. Cause I, this whole podcast is kind of dedicated to learning something new and kind of getting out there and doing something um, different that you enjoy. Um, so every week I talk about something a little bit different, whether it be technology, photography, or other jobs. So I guess how, how did you get into that and what have you done for How long have you done it for? Um, sure. um, yeah. So growing up and through high school, my first job was actually in a Italian bistro restaurant. So, um, I guess you could say my, you know, nine to five, I'm a chef or a cook. Um, or I was until I started my own meal prep company. Um, now I'm a business owner, I guess you could say. Um, but I've been doing my meal prep business uh, plus ultra for 
I want to say two years now. Um, for the first year, I was just out of my house. Um, at the time, I was working out a lot. And a lot of the guys were like, hey, man, like I really, really been seeing your progress in the gym. And you're a chef. Like you seem like you know what you're doing. Why don't you start a meal prep company? Um, and at the time, I was like, well, that's stupid. Why would anybody eat leftover food? <laughs> right. Like, like I'm a cook, you know, I, I make hot yeah. food. I make, you know, I make stuff on the fly. I make stuff on the spot from scratch. I'm like, well, why would you, why would you ever buy like leftover food? Um, and I started just looking into the market more, looking into like the business model of what it would take to start a meal prep company. I was like, okay, uh, the price seems right. The, the margins seem like you can make money. It seems pretty lucrative and, I'm already cooking, you know, at the time I was cooking 50, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, mm -hmm. And since high school, you know, I was, I had been working two, three jobs, like in the, in the restaurants anyway. So I was like, you know what, you know, this will be an experiment. Why don't I try to see if I can um, start up my own food business? Uh, and the thing with meal prep is if you do it right. And like the way our model is, um, we rent out a kitchen every month. So I don't own any facility. I don't own any of the equipment. I don't have to worry about, you know, the, uh, uh, department of health because the kitchen's already certified. Yeah. Um, so I kind of jumped through a bunch of, or I skipped jumping through a bunch of hoops for our startup. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing that for about two years. Um, it's been just an awesome learning experience. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you, how does it work? Do you make, or do you have somebody that makes the food and then you ship it out to like local, um, people or is it, has it expanded to like an online service or how does that? Yeah. So right now we're online and we're only local. So we, we do uh, a part of like what makes us unique and as our selling point is we deliver fresh, like they're never frozen, they're pre-made. So Right now we're just delivering locally. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we uh, deliver locally. Uh, you can order like online if you're in uh, the Dayton, Ohio area. Um, and yeah, we make everything from scratch pretty much. Um, when, about six months ago, I was working with a chef who worked for me, um, but unfortunately it didn't work out with that chef. Uh, yeah, he moved on to something, something better for himself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm full, got the full reins in the kitchen right now. So, um, yeah. That's awesome though. That we use, uh, my wife and I get the hello fresh boxes. It's like two or three meals a week. Um, just because for us, like when it's just the two of us, we don't want to go out and buy like all the spices that you would need to cook something tasty. So we would rather like at least for two or three meals, like have that nicer meal to make at home. And then the other ones are usually like tacos or burgers or something not quite as complex just because we don't want to go and spend all the money on all the spices right now. But I know the meal prep business in general has just been exploding, especially since not many people can go to restaurants anymore. So when I first saw that you were doing that, I was really interested in it because it is such a niche area and it's interesting to f hear your story of like how you got into it being a chef. Um, Cause I feel like there's, I've seen a couple stories of people that have tried to get into it that weren't in the cooking industry and it just didn't work because they didn't really understand that side of it, but it's cool to hear that like you had that experience before and were able to kind of morph it into this business. Yeah. And, and that was the thing that really helped, um, us, you know, be successful in the beginning besides, 
just like the overall business structure that I built out was I already know, you know, the food, I already know the ingredients. Um, all I had to learn was how to count macros, how to count nutrition, um, and how to write recipes a little bit different for the style of cooking that meal prep is. Um, but yeah, after, you know, I learned those few things, it was, it's kind of touch and go, you know, like I can see, you mm -hmm. know, a dish that inspires me and then I'll go turn it into a meal prep dish within 20 minutes, you know, like I already know all the food I know, you know, what it, what it takes. So yeah, I couldn't imagine going into a food business, not knowing anything about food. Like, I mean, it's like going yeah. into any business, not knowing about that industry. Um, but yeah, being a chef definitely helped me uh, build out the, our menu. Cause we have about, I want to say 150, 200 meals right now, like built out, um, that we've mm -hmm. either served or are planning on serving to people. So, um, it, it just makes it a lot easier knowing about the food yeah. already. So when you join, like say I lived in Dayton, Ohio, when you join the, um, service, do you get like all the meals for a week or do they come in like every day? Like, how does that work delivery wise? Yeah, so, um, pretty much we send out our menu. So our menu changes, it's a rotating menu every single week. Uh, right now we're only serving six items a week. Um, mm -hmm. they're all kind of different cuisines and different styles of cooking each, each of the six items. But, uh, so you order throughout the week, our ordering stops on Friday. We cook everything Saturday, Sunday, and then deliver it to you fresh on Sunday. Um, so yeah, like if you're local, like you can get on our website anytime between Monday and Thursday um, and order. We serve all our meals uh, individually. So we right now we're not doing any um, packages or anything like that. I know some meal prep mm -hmm. companies do like, you know, buy 10, get them at $7 a piece. Um, yeah. Our price model is just kind of, you know, we serve individual meals because a lot of the times with those packages, um, you have to subscribe, right? And from what I've yeah. seen is people don't like subscription businesses usually don't work out. Like yeah. uh, it's too much because it's, it's yeah, exactly. It's like an ultimatum. Right. And I don't want to give my clients an ultimatum of like, you, you're, you're paying a $30 subscription fee to me every month. You have to order, you know, cause when it comes down to it, especially with diets, like you have to give people that, that flexibility. Right. Like if you force mm -hmm. somebody to eat, you know, carrots and broccoli and chicken every single day they're they're gonna get off of that and they you really you need to get off of your diet every once in a while you need to cheat you need to go indulge or you're just gonna binge you know so mm -hmm. giving clients that option you know it's a little bit more pricey but giving them that option to you know you can order this week or if the next week they don't feel like ordering they don't have to you know so yeah that's how our ordering works pretty much and would you say your typical client is somebody who works out a lot or more just average lifestyle? Right now, the funny thing is, is a lot of people would assume, you know, like, oh, they're probably like gym rats. They're probably like crossfitters yeah. or like, you know, bodybuilders that uh, buy your, your meals. But right now, our best client is like 27 to 35 year old single moms. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> it's super random man like middle class moms for some reason yeah um it has to be because you know they're either they're single 
or widowed or something or divorced or something, but they don't, they just don't like cooking for the, just themselves or themselves yeah. and their kids. Um, but yeah, it's usually like families and still middle-class moms, oddly enough. Um, I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. And like, those were just like the people that naturally come. So we, I run like ad campaigns on Google ads and Facebook ads. Um, that's how mm-hmm. we get our clients coming in. Um, besides that, I don't do any marketing pretty much. Uh, I hardly even post on our Instagram, but what I've found is, uh, those are the people that naturally come in, uh, those types of like people. Uh, but when it comes to like athletes and stuff, unless I'm specifically like really pushing towards that market, like athletes, like they don't, they don't really care that much about their diet, um, which is weird. Um, like it, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to give like a broad statement. Like anybody who works out, they're probably just eating garbage and working out like, <laughs> no, but the people that I've ran into, you know, like you got to think if you're working out an hour or two hours a day, you're doing cardio, you're probably burning 500, 800 extra calories than a normal person. So you don't necessarily have to worry as much about your physique or your diet. If you're already locked into that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you're a little bit more flimsy with your diet from what I've seen. And I'm, when I was lifting mm-hmm. and stuff and people that I um, know who work out, they're usually like more the bodybuilder type um, and bodybuilders. Usually they don't, they're not super strict on their diet unless like they're competing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, athletes and gyms, they just, it was a market that I didn't want to mess with because you know, the people who would buy from me, and buy from the company, they'd be super, super, super strict on their macros and super strict on their calories. And the meals would have to be super precise. And mm-hmm. that's just not like the direction I wanted to go with it. Um, the original model was just around creating really fast and convenient, fairly healthy food for people to eat as an alternative to like McDonald's or Wendy's, you yeah. know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, like fast food and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I do I do think that's a very weird paradigm in the US and I'm sure around the world is that the worst food for you is the most like price efficient food and it it doesn't make sense. And easy. It's yeah, yeah. like cuz and that's the thing man is like I I used to be really about like that whole health kick. Um and when I was like it kind of made me like irked or upset or mad because it was like the only, like, it's so hard to like learn how to eat healthy. And there's no, like, like you don't ever see like healthy fast food restaurants. Like you might see like Panera, Panera bread's pretty like uh, healthy. Chipotle is pretty healthy, but like, you don't see like fast food joints, like a McDonald's style fast food, but like for healthy food, you know, like how cool would that be? Yeah. If you do, it's super expensive too. Like sweet green is up in Boston that I've gone to a lot. And but it's like fourteen, fifteen dollars for a salad, and I get the salad where it's just chicken, spinach, and pesto. Like, it doesn't cost fifteen dollars to make that. But yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing, man. That's the thing about, especially the U.S. is it's all about convenience and whatever, whatever is the most convenient will be the cheapest, and people will yep. eat that. So I wanted to take a shot at that industry, you know, in the food industry, and try to change that up a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's an awesome idea. Cause I know like when we go shopping and you go to the produce section, 
you can get a bunch of fresh vegetables, but it's going to be way more expensive than walk into the freezer aisle and grab in like a throw it in your oven kind of meal. And it's, it's definitely hard, like, especially being in college, like all throughout college, it was way easier to grab the pizza rolls and then go to the student union and get Chick-fil-A or something than it was to sit there and cook something at home. But like, as, uh, since I got married and now that I'm in grad school, I don't really do that as much. And it's been a lot nicer that my wife loves to cook. So she loves cooking every night. Um, and it's, it's been way nicer, not eating the same five meal rotation every week. So yeah. So I guess going back to Instagram and just your content in general, where, like, what do you want to see out of it this year? Where are you headed? Um, are you going to be adding any channels? I know lately everybody's been, including myself, have been into adding like YouTube and podcasting and whatnot. Are you planning on doing any of that? Or are you just going to stick with Instagram? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah. So actually the last few weeks I've been thinking about doing content creation full time. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, man, I really like it. Uh, and even though my meal prep business has been an awesome learning experience and it's been, you know, super fun to, to just, you know, experience. Um, it's not what I like. Like, I don't like cooking. Like I just happen Mm -hmm. to be decent at it, you know, and have a natural skill and knack for it. Um, but creative work and, what I'm doing with my Instagram. It's like what I love, you know, it's my passion. So this year, hopefully I can transition my whole life into just doing some type of content full-time, man. If that's like mm-hmm. shooting and doing photography shoots or doing brand more brand deals um, and sponsorships, uh, that's the plan is to try to build out my brand and uh, uh, just like the whole environment of, that the, our community is just so awesome and i just want to do it 24 7 so <laughs> uh you know what i'm saying like i find myself like working on other stuff and i'm like well i just want to i just want to go buy a new monitor and like shoot more like content. <laughs> <laughs> you know like all the time and it's like normally like hobbies like this for me usually like fade out after like four months or something but like nope i don't i don't see it yeah. like ever because like like i said like i have a background in photography too and like videography as well and like i just love it and now that i have like an actual outlet for it it's like i want to do it 24 7 so um the plan this year is to build out some kind of business model or some kind of structure to do it full time um in regards to like youtube and stuff i have noticed a lot of people are starting to youtube um i don't know why that is uh maybe it's just like a lot of people have been inspired by other content Mm -hmm. creators so yeah let's start start my own channel um for me personally i've talked about it um but i think it's something that i really want to plan out and really have it like be laid out very uniquely for my uh my brand you know like i don't want to me personally like i don't just want to do like reviews on stuff um or like just vlogs. Like I want to, I want to figure out something unique and cool and creative with yeah. it. Um, and who knows, maybe I could, you know, fill that void by doing like s- just stuff on, on Instagram. Maybe I can just do videos and shorthand vlogs on Instagram, which is actually what I've been thinking about doing is doing like a daily, a shorthand, like daily vlog on, on just yeah. Instagram. Cause I, I haven't seen that many people do that. And I think that would be a really cool thing to experiment with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've kind of in the same position. Um, I go to Ole Miss and we're known for our accounting school. And if you get an accounting major, you get a degree. And my dad was in accounting and finance. So 
for me, it just kind of made sense and I was okay at it. And I just am going along the track a much harder than I initially expected, especially grad school, like studying for the CPA is no joke. Um, but it's definitely not like the end goal in mind for me. I don't know if, I don't know if I'll turn to content creation full time or if I'll spin something off of it, but I've definitely learned a lot from doing this. Um, that I didn't really initially expect because you are basically running a business and you're building a brand, not only around yourself, but just in the way you present like your desk and everything. And then you start working with these brands and you learn how to negotiate with these people and you learn how to market to them. And it's like, you learn so much just in the process of doing it that you take a step back a couple months later and you're like, Holy cow, like I've learned way more than I originally thought I would. So I still have no clue what I want to do, but I, I want to, do something that like brings me joy every day. I don't want to dread going into the office and sitting there for eight hours and clocking out and going home. And like, I think it's awesome that you've already like started your own business. And even if it's not what you want to do long-term, like that's a goal of mine is to start something. I know in high school, I started a videography company and it was so much fun and I had a great time doing it. But as I started going into college and getting busier and busier, it became harder to take a whole weekend off to go film a wedding or to film a video for somebody. But I do miss that feeling of like, when you finish a job, you're like, not only did you make some money, but also like, you feel like you've learned a lot and you're, you feel fulfilled kind of. Um, so that I've, I love that in everybody in our communities that you can kind of tell, even though some of them have like normal day jobs that they're all kind of inkling towards doing something different. I know like Matt, um, envision he's like, huge creator has a great account, awesome pictures. And he has this job on the side. And I know he was talking on another podcast I was listening to about deciding whether or not to go with it full time. So it was kind of, it's cool to hear that like people are thinking about doing something different, you know, on the side. Cause I think if you would have told people five years ago that you were a content creator full time, or you did Instagram full time, they'd be like, you're just a 15 year old who has no idea what they're doing with their life. But in reality, I would say that the people who are making the conscious decision to do this are the ones that have more of an idea what they're doing with their life than people with a normal day job. Um, uh, because it is a big step, you know, to just kind of step off the edge and hope that something catches you, um, and just building an entire brand around your name. And in our case, a desk rather than like moving out to LA and living with a bunch of people and making TikToks. Like it's, it yeah. kind of, <laughs> it goes both ways, but but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, I've definitely learned a lot through this conversation, um, just in your mindset towards your Instagram and your editing style. Then also about this meal prep business that again, like I said, I think it's awesome that you've already gone out there and started a whole company, um, from the ground up basically. So make sure you guys check out Nate on Instagram. I will leave all of his information in the bio. Um, and if you're on Apple podcasts, please leave a review. Other than that, uh, we will see you next time. And thank you for tuning in. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right.